Warning, warning. If you are a liberal, this show is not for you. But if you want to know things, learn about the fold of things, learn about things that have happened that they're hiding from you, this is the place for you to stop. Welcome to the rabbit hole. My name is Tom. I'm Tammy. We have a good one for you today. I was trying to decide on what I wanted to try to do this week. And uh, I started writing a couple things down. Uh, One of the things I wrote down was uh, on the 5th of January in Nebraska, we'll be talking about the constitutional carry as well as the Convention of States, which Nebraska passed a resolution, and now Nebraska is number, I believe, 15, state number 15 to join the Convention of States. And if you don't know what the Convention of States is, <clears throat> what it does is Convention of States goes, it, the states are imposing Article 5 in the Constitution stating that what when they get together and they feel that the federal government is exceeding its bounds and is going beyond its overreach and nothing is working, the states have the power. So what the states will do is they will go, <coughs> they will open it up. They need a two-thirds majority, I believe it is. And they open up the Constitution. When they open up the Constitution, then they can make amendments into it, like putting in their term limits, on House of Representatives and the Senate and a few other things, a lot of other things that they could put in there. Uh, And then it goes back out to the, it goes from the states to Congress. Congress puts their, puts the way they see fit that they think it ought to be in there. Then it goes back to the states. The states either approve it or deny it. And until the states approve it on a two-thirds through their House of Representatives or their Senate or their state governments, how they do it, you know, because some of them have a House and a Senate. Uh, Nebraska is the only one that has a unicameral. Once they get a two-thirds majority out of all the state governments, then it's ratified and it's placed into the Constitution. So your new you will have another amendment into the Constitution for uh, whatever they want to do. So what they do, in a nutshell, the states come up with this idea. They send it to Congress. Congress has to do it. There is no ifs, no ands, no buts. They have to do it because the states are requesting it. That's the best part about it. But, you know, with good times comes bad times. You're like, well, what do you mean with good times comes bad times? Well, here's the deal. When I was looking, one of the things that gets me more uptight than anything is when every time I hear, oh, you know, we we don't do this for our democracy. We, you know, our democracy will, we never were a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. We've always have been. I pledge allegiance to the United States for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible. You you skipped the whole thing. Oh, okay. I pledge allegiance to to the the flag flag of the United States States of America. America And and to to the the republic republic 
for which it stands. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Did you hear the word democracy in there? I didn't think so. I didn't either. Did you hear it? No, because I have it memorized, unlike some people. I'm older than you. I have an excuse. So, <clears throat> the name of this one is, what are we? And this is, the, to be honest with you, this whole thing started out fairly innocent enough. I was going to go over, you know, find proof and data and stuff like that to show to them that we never were a democracy. We've always been a constitutional republic. So, here we go. This is going to be kind of like my little commentary. Now, mind you, I'm not a professional historian by any means. Don't claim to be. I do a lot of history reading, and we do see a lot of comparisons. So, here we go. What are we? Many times we've heard this before. We heard You've heard politicians sit there and say it. The landscape turns into a war zone, both politically and locally. With the Democrats trying to take away the state's rights and how they're conducting votes. For example, they have a new thing where they're picking and choosing in who can be on committees. On committees, <coughs> you now have the majority leader telling the minority leader what can be or who can be on what committee. The landscape is changing into a democracy. We have said for a long time that words mean things like republic we are a republic we always have been voting laws over the last year proposed and passed for several states not to limit or deter anyone from voting but to ensure that someone does not steal your vote to make sure your vote is heard on top of which the democrats are going to end the filibuster that's what they want to do most of you heard me talk I don't tolerate stupid. And most Democrats are stupid believing communism works. But our forefathers wanted both sides to talk it out. In a republic, that's what we do. Both sides talk it out, talk out the differences. Now you see they why they want a democracy. Instead, a democracy is a one-sided. The one that does the talking is a majority. It's where the 51% tell the 49% what to do. I can't stress this enough. We are a republic, not a democracy. Words mean things. When we said the Pledge of Allegiance, in there the pledge we say it to the republic. Nowhere is the democracy even mentioned. So many times we are left to say, and even a few so-called Republicans say, say that we are a democracy. Incorrect by definition, we are a constitutional republic. For most of us, this is the world we know and wanting a republic in its truest and purest form. <clears throat> we the people are the rightful masters of Congress and the courts. Not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution, Abraham Lincoln. But we became complacent. We lowered our guard. And the Constitution becomes perverted. Laws only apply for political means and boundaries. Only to enforce and protect the narrative. In our complacency, we believe that these elected 
would obey the same laws that we abide by. We believed that they would do the right thing. We were wrong. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. We can go back to 133 BC. And one of the key factors on why the Roman, why the Roman Republic fell. Tiberius Gracchus elected to the elected to the tribune of the plebes in 133 BC proposed a law known as the Lexus Semporiana Agraria, which in a sense it gave the land to those who were poor and those who fought in the army and had no land to return to. <coughs> but rather than going through the Senate for the vote, he took it straight to the popular assembly, knowing that it would not pass the Senate. Much like what is happening, what has happened and what is happening right now. This is why history matters. Much of the Roman Republic is adopted as our own. With a few differences, we also had term differences and term limits. While we see many direct relations to Nazi Germany in 1938 for the fall, uh, and for the fall of the Republic, we go back to the fall of the Roman Republic to the Roman e before it, it became the Roman Empire. And as you, as you watch Democrats in the House and in the Senate threatening to take away the minority's voice to be heard by eliminating the filibuster rule, the 60% majority vote is no longer needed. And along with the President who is abusing his power through a series of executive orders which bypasses Congress and goes directly out and completely bypasses the due process. And many will argue that he is the president and he has the power to do it. It doesn't mean that it's right. And if it goes to the Supreme Court, it's going to get challenged. And if it's challenged as it is today, it's questionable to begin with. So a few questions come up. How did this happen? How do we stop it? And what happens if we continue down this path? Can we change the direction? And what are the similarities? So let's start out with the similarities. So in this, we'll probably go into a little bit of Roman history. And if you see what, if you see what I've been telling, what I'll tell you in here, you'll see some of the similarities that are happening now. And we'll kind of go over some of them in a little bit. Number one, complacency. As Rome grew and periodically mended to, it periodically mended the Republic to keep it functioning. However, by the time of Cato the Younger, the Republic had functioned so well for so long, most took its ability to survive for granted. And by the time Augustus took power, most people didn't remember a time before political violence. Land theft, government dysfunction were all the norm. Realizing his subjects were traumatized, Augustus did, by the status quo, <clears throat> his winning tactic was to promise that the rule of law would return and that no one would be executed for no reason and no one's property would be stolen. If he got to be supreme ruler? Okay. So, promise, you know, promise of the rule of the land to return law? You know, a lot like what happened with uh, the Democrats with Antifa before, you know, creating this mess to begin with and then coming back and taking credit for it. 
sounds familiar with Antifa's destruction and such. In other words, a lot of people were okay with Augustus assuming supreme control as long as he kept the peace. Sound familiar? Again? Being that Augustus contributed to some of the violence and the property thefts, he now claimed that he, he could fix it. And five years in, he bragged, I freed all the people from fear and danger they experienced using my own funds. While under, uh, while under Augustus's rule, elections were not free, and he won every year. Free Roman men could vote for another elected official, but it had a catch. No one could really run if Augustus did not approve of them. So it wasn't possible to run against a candidate who opposed Augustus. For years, we watched the House and the Senate that really did nothing to curtail Biden's constitutional agenda. And when I say years, I'm sure you can go back on it many times and every time that a Democrat was in there, and sometimes a Republican that was in there, that when they did an overstepping and overreach of federal power at the presidential level, they didn't do anything. They didn't, you know, depending on who you were and what letter was behind your name is the only time that they did anything so they did really nothing to cur curtail curtail it including biden's unconstitutional agenda with the democrats in both both of the house and the senate letting him do as he pleased and then the democrats wanting to do away with the minorities in the house and the senate by getting rid of the filibuster a process that they themselves used when they were the minority. A rule, the rule and the law from the process in which they were formed will go into, will go into a democracy and no longer a republic. Much like Rome's republic, where the Senate was no longer a place to settle differences, just like it was it just used, now. it's just used as a figurehead. Yep. But the fact that Biden and the Democrats want to take the same route that Tiberius, Gracious, and Augustus took but to bypass the common law and give promises to solve problems that they created. So that's the Nancy Pelosi-Biden connection. Nancy Pelosi-Biden, Schumer, yeah. Adam Schiff, right, all of them. the basic. Mm -hmm. All of them. They're all worthless. <clears throat> They took to bypass the common law and give promises to solve problems that they created. Here is a key difference that I've seen in both the republics. When Rome fell, it fell alone. And much like the United States, we will fall alone. More than likely, in the end, the states will splinter off just like they did in Rome. And if that happens, there are as many states that will that don't believe in the current administration on the way they pursue things and for that they will align themselves with like-minded states because that's only natural you're not going to go with somebody that you oppose against so, so you mean like civil war sort of but in the end that path that we uh, only we can determine what path that will take if we don't learn from history, we're going to be destined to repeat it. So that was my that's my little commentary that I 
I got. Uh, so let me ask you a question then. Mm-hmm. So the Senate is about ready to be reelected, right? Some states. Yeah, every state, every year. Okay, so if we get that crazy woman out of the Senate, she's retiring. Oh, she is. Yeah. When? This is supposed to be her last term. So she says. So, would that help at all? If we get some noodle heads out of the Senate or no? I don't know. Or do you think it's too late? I think there's a possibility what, what we what's needed in there is fresh blood. They need fresh thoughts. Fresh minds. Because How fresh. Huh? How fresh. Like, you don't want the ones that say, you know, you need to pay me to even come here to do this. No, like that I, Hispanic girl, what's her name? No, no, that, that's because she's a fucking lib. Uh, not AOC. I'm talking like uh, uh, Laureen Bobbert from Colorado. I'm talking like uh, Marge Green. Marjorie Green from Georgia. But you're talking older people with common sense, not like young, teeny bars. No, these are younger. They're slightly younger than you. They're in their 40s. No, oh, okay, that's hopeful. Yeah. And I don't care. Honestly, I don't care if you're old or not. Because that's irrelevant. What's relevant is that you bring a... Fr that, number one, you're not a career politician. Number two, you're coming into the fold of things, looking at it through a different set of eyes because you got a different set of solutions for a different set of problems that they have. Right, but you don't want the kumbaya generation. You don't want anybody that <laughs> does does shit like that. I ain't saying that you can't have people that are religious in there. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is you... you What's kumbaya have to do with religion? Because it's related to a song, Kumbaya, Don't my Lord. Don't you remember the Kumbaya, Kumbaya people? Don't you remember the Kumbaya song? Yeah, but you need to pay attention to the podcast. Oh, what's your what's your version of Kumbaya, people? Let's save a seal versus saving the three-year-old. Tree huggers. Hmm. They're called tree huggers. Are they called tree huggers? They're called tree huggers. But I like my trees. These are the people that would chain themselves up against trees. They'd take boats, ram against whaling ships, uh, thinking that they could knock them out. Mm. But is there hope? Yeah, there's always hope. But if we don't do any, if we don't do something, we're going to just be heading down that same track. So how can you and I do something about that? The convention, or what part? I I don't know. Uh, people got to get involved, but the thing is, is so long as DC continues to to board itself off, there's not a whole lot you can do. The only thing you can do is is force them into a convention of states. That's the only thing you can do. Okay, so explain to me convention of state. I just did. Explain it to you, me it, you, for stupid people. 
I did, but you were upstairs on the phone. Okay, well, explain it to moi in layman's terms. So I will go to the website here and read off from the conventionofstates.com. Why call a convention of states? It's simple, to bring back power to the states and the people where it belongs. Unelected bureaucrats in D.C. shouldn't be allowed to make sweeping decisions that impact millions of Americans, but right now they do. So it boils down to one question. Who do you think should decide what's best for you and your family, you or the feds? We'd vote for the American people every single time. What is, what's a convention of states anyway? Article 5 of the Constitution gives the states the power to call a con convention of states on the purpose of amendments, and it takes 34 states to call the convention and 38 to ratify any of the amendments that are proposed. Our convention would allow the states to discuss the amendments that limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government to impose fiscal restraints and place term, term limits on federal officials. Okay, so that makes sense. So basically it's a collective group of politicians from each state that get together and overturn something that the federal government decides they want to do. They open up the Constitution, and when the Constitution gets opened up, then they they can either revise amendments or add amendments to it. Which and Constitution? Our Constitution, the, the Bill of Rights. The, the main Constitution. Yeah. Not the, okay. But is it a good idea that the Convention of States messes with our Constitution? It takes 34 states to call the convention and 38 to ratify any of the amendments that are proposed. So, what ends up happening is if it doesn't reach the number uh, 38 to ratify anything that was put in there, it doesn't pass. It goes back to the way it was. Okay. That's what, with anything comes a risk. And the biggest risk you have is when they open it up. Because right. when they open up the Bill of Rights and they, and they start wanting to add a new amendment to it or add stuff into the Constitution, what they're doing is they're leaving it open. Right. That's but, my concern because Joe Biden says the Constitution doesn't mean shit anyhow. But what, it, what you end up having is you need 38 states... 34 states to call the convention and 38 states to ratify it. But if it doesn't meet the approval of the 38 states when it leaves, so they're actually asking for four more states to approve it when it comes back. And if it doesn't meet that approval, nothing happens. Okay. When's the last time one of this was done? I don't know if it's ever been done. I don't know. When was the last time a convention of states was called? So Tammy just looked it up, and the last time they did a convention of states, they said it was 1949. With a couple other times, 17 what? In the 20, 20th century, Santa Fe Convention, 1922. Yeah, but you said there was 17 what and 18 what? 1787 and 1861. And then the last one was 1949. So there you have it. It's been done. 
four or five other times in our history. It needs to be done now because if we don't, we're going to end up like a combination of the Roman Republic and Nazi Germany. The difference, the big difference between the two, believe it or not, and here's the way I see it. Roman Empire was huge. Nobody backed the Roman Empire when they fell. When they fell, they fell alone. When we fall, we're going to fall alone. When Germany fell, the United States built it back up. That's not going to happen to us. And they can vote. They can have lots of people there from a single state, but they only get one vote per state. Mm-hmm. And they call it a conclave. So if you go to conventionofstates.com, it'll take you through all that. It's a lot like uh, Tenth Amend- uh, the Tenth Amendment organization, uh, tenthamendment.org. Uh, same, they, they're there for the people because the power in this country belongs to the people. It always has. We send elected, we send people to D.C. to represent us when they get up there. As of right now, they only have 15 states. Yeah, Nebraska is number 15. Yep. But, hey, with that, I'm going to let you go. My name's Tom. I'm Tammy. We'll talk at you all later, coming out of the rabbit hole. And like I said, if you guys got any questions, uh, you want to know about it, let me know. We'll take a look at it. Talk at you later. No, forget one last thing. Just found this out. There has never been a convention of states because 34 states couldn't agree on anything. So just so you know, I just wanted to make that correction before I go. Laters.